Hello there, friends. Welcome to the New Testament in the Year podcast. I'm Sean Bailey and ready to start a new episode, a new reading with you today, and even a new book in the Bible, a letter. We're starting a brand new path in our journey, and we're going to begin in the letter to the Hebrews. Hebrews. So, if you uh, have your Bible, you can find Hebrews there, nestled towards the end of the New Testament. Hebrews is where we're going to start today. We're going to talk a bit about that, and then uh, we'll begin to read the scripture. So, grab your Bible if you can. Listen closely if you will. Let's read God's Word together. All right, Hebrews. What a coincidence with Hebrews. I am, uh, have been preaching through the book of Hebrews for the past several months here at uh, Owingsville Christian Church, where I'm blessed to be the pastor. And um, it's been a, an amazing journey. And I love that it kind of falls right in the place of a- after Acts that we just finished up in our previous episode. Because now this letter is written by an unknown author. Some scholars will attribute it to Paul, but it's not for sure known. And um, we know who the real author is, is God and his God-breathed words. He planned for us to see this as a letter of encouragement. Now, this was written to Jewish converts to Christianity those that had lived in the Jewish traditions and now are living in Christ, a part of the way, as we have seen been called in Acts, as believers in Jesus, but they're getting a ton of pressure. And I'm probably saying that as an understatement. So much pressure from their past, the people that they love, they're saying that they're going to hell now, that they're following this new sect, that... Jesus is not the Messiah. You know, they had all that pressure on them from their old past. And they're getting pressure of the world around them because they're being persecuted for their beliefs in Jesus. And so they're getting it from all directions. This letter is written to believers in Christ that are being pressured and ultimately fading away and letting that fire burn out and turning their back on their faith is what many were doing. This letter was written, was appropriate 2,000 years ago, and is so very appropriate today because we have been tempted, each and every one of us, to not be bold and strong in our faith, to turn our back on our faith. This letter can be encouraging to us. We're going to see the superiority of Jesus nailed down really quick throughout the book of Hebrews, and then we'll find application throughout. So... Before I get too much into it, we're going to read this together. We're going to read Hebrews chapter 1 and uh, be inspired by what God's Word has for us today. So, let's let's do that together. Hebrews chapter 1. Here are the look-fors today. Before I begin reading too quickly, uh, the look-fors as I begin to read, look for Jesus being declared as the radiance of God's glory. Those words are going to be used. And he's going to be called the exact representation of his being, of God's being. Jesus is God, the exact representation of God. It's 
Jesus's divine nature and Jesus's role in revealing God to all of humanity. Listen for that. Also notice the superiority of Jesus to the angels. There are quotations from the Old Testament that will be used. Um, but Jesus is shown to be the Son of God, while angels are servants to God. Superior, therefore. And then watch how Jesus is exalted. He is the eternal King whose throne will last forever. This emphasizes the, the status of Jesus and that he is eternal. Listen and look for those things as they all fall together in this first chapter of Hebrews. So here we go together. Let's read Hebrews chapter 1. And just a quick reminder, I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB uh, translation. Whatever translation works best for you. So some of the words, if you are trying to read along in your, in your, in your scripture, on your phone, whatever you're, you're on, it might not be the same, but um, I assure you, they're very close and the same if CSB is where we are. So, verse 1, Hebrews chapter 1, and there are only 14 verses to get us started today, which is a good starting point. So, here we go, verse 1. Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors by the prophets at different times and in different ways. In these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son. God has appointed him heir of all things and made the universe through him the sun is the radiance of god's glory and the exact expression of his nature sustaining all things by his powerful word after making purifications for sins he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high so he became superior to the angels just as the name he inherited is more excellent than theirs we go to verse 5. For to which of the angels did he ever say? And then he quotes the Old Testament in Psalm 2-7. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. Again, when he brings his firstborn into the world, he says, this is quoting Deuteronomy and from Psalms as well, and let all God's angels worship him. And about the angels, he says, he makes his angels winds and his servants a fiery flame. Referencing Psalms. The author continues, but to the son, he quotes Old Testament again. He says, your throne, God, is forever and ever. And the scepter of your kingdom is a scepter of justice. You have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. This is why God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy beyond your companions. And he references another Old Testament scripture. Multiple selections there. But from this, it's from Psalm 102. He says, In the beginning, Lord, you established the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like clothing. You will roll them up like a cloak, and they will be changed like clothing. But you are the same, and your years will never end. Verse 13. Now to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies my, your footstool? 
as he quoted Psalm 110 again. And then he finishes and says, Are they not all ministering spirits sent out to serve those who are going to inherit salvation? And that wraps up Hebrews 1. Hebrews 1. Okay, for 14 verses, not a lot, but there's a lot we can decom- we can try to uh, unpack. There you go. <laughs> Getting ahead of myself. So let's do that, if you would. So looking at Hebrews 1, we saw the author jump straight into it and lay it out. Jesus is superior. He is superior. It makes it a huge point to know the supremacy of Christ. He's greater than the angels. And that lay, that's the first start that we get to, that he is superior. And so with what we've just read, he's the radiance of God's glory. He's the exact representation of God. There was quotations of the Old Testaments that ensure that we understood that he is superior to the angels and that Jesus is eternal. Knowing this, what takeaways come out? So it's important for us to see that Jesus is the exact representation of God. Jesus, and I've had to had to debate this far too many times when throughout scripture it is made clear. Please know that Jesus is not just a great teacher or a prophet. Jesus is the exact representation of God's being. This means when we see Jesus, we see the very nature uh, and character of God. So how can we see Jesus? Some practical application is this, is that we can spend time studying the life of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels to get a better understanding of as a result of who God is and how God wants us to live. We model the life of Jesus because Jesus is the exact representation of God. It all makes sense. The second big takeaway is I want us to see the superiority of Jesus Christ in salvation. You see, Jesus being superior to the angels is not just this big concept that sounds great and should make us more confident in who he is, but it has practical implications for our salvation too. Because Jesus is the Son of God, knowing this, his sacrifice on that cross is is enough. It is sufficient to save us from sin and to bring us into a relationship with God. Jesus is enough more than enough to bridge that gap to bring us into that relationship and so for us we have to trust in Jesus' sacrifice for your salvation trusting in that that he did the work and not anything you can earn but because of what he did and he is he is able to completely save all those that will come to God through him okay You're going to see that in scripture as we get to Hebrews 7 later on as well. And our final takeaway, this is uh, the one that kind of closed up the chapter with, is that Jesus is our eternal king. Eternal, never ending. See, this should give us hope in the middle of this temporary place that we are at. See, earth is not our home. We're passing through. 
We have a mission here. We have a job here to share the good news of Jesus with everyone while we are here. But the things that happen here to us, the trials we face, those are just signposts along the journey to leading us to our forever home. So no matter what challenges we face, we can trust that Jesus is reigning on the throne at the right hand of the Father, and he's working all things out for our good and for his glory. So surrender. Surrender those difficulties. Surrender your every area of your life to Jesus and, and his lordship, his superiority, and trust that his plans and everything that, that is happening to you that we play the victim so much. Trust that his plans are for your good and that he is able to accomplish his plans through you. Trusting in his sovereignty because God is good and Jesus is that exact representation of God. Great start to Hebrews. Eye openers should be giving more peace and weight off our shoulders knowing that Jesus is enough and the things we're struggling with we don't need to I'm looking forward already to chapter 2 we're going to see we're going to see some um, encouragement for us to pay very close attention to what we hear so that we don't drift away from the truth as I told you we're being pressured to drift away may our focus beyond Jesus. Until then, though, may, may you be blessed, may your family be blessed, and as a result, may you strive to be a blessing to all those around you. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the New Testament in a Year podcast, where we simply read the Word of God and we try to unpack it so we can find application in our lives, knowing that there is nothing more powerful than God's word. You see, scripture is the only source that teaches us who God is and what God wants of us. My encouragement is that the word of God will bless you and ultimately bless your friends and family. I'll encourage you to share this podcast with your friends, share it on your social media or by word of mouth, Join in, let's read the word of God together. And through this, may God be glorified through our reading, listening, application, and understanding of his word together.